Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. And here's something uh, you might want to know about the two of us. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, <laughs> I'll do I got you, dude. I got that you. That does bro. sound dumb, doesn't it? Welcome to No Filler, a music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. In each episode, we'll dive into a little history of the artist and the album of choice with snippets from interviews and concerts, as well as music from the album itself. My name is Travis, and with me, as always, is my brother, Quentin. Today, we are talking about Tycho's second studio album, dive and i think it's safe to say that Tycho is one of my favorite electronic musicians definitely my favorite ambient chill wave musician that's what he is sometimes classified as and i think you would say the same right q ambient chill wave yeah well as far as him being one of your favorite oh. electronic musicians absolutely yeah the, especially yeah in in this category of electronic music yeah absolutely i mean i think there i think there are a lot of a lot of musicians out there that that have his sound like that that fall under that category but like he's right he, he does it uh better than anyone i think i i think so too I, what i like about his music is just how seamlessly or how flawlessly he combines elements of electronic and uh analog, analog yeah you know or yep. acoustic instruments he does it so well and we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into that we're gonna dive into the whole the whole thing here but first we're gonna dive into dive we're gonna dive into dive yeah yeah but before we dive before before we climb up on that diving board <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i got a new segment for you it's gonna be called don't judge me or don't don't judge us. Um, basically, if we said something that was incorrect in the previous episode, I want to take a moment to correct it 
in the beginning of the next episode, uh, you know, just so we don't misinform our listeners. And, you know, because, you know, why would you want to It's good to own up it? to your mistake. Yeah, get a own up to it. And um, if I say, dude, if I say something like the mistakes that I'm calling out here were just like, miss, I misspoke. You know what I mean? But like, if I say something that's wrong and a listener tells me otherwise, like, that's great, man. That's, oh, yeah, what that's I great. Want. We need that. I want to learn. And, and um, you know, especially on, on things that, that when it comes to, to music, you know? Yeah. We're new to this, everyone. Okay. We're just yeah. stepping out into the podcasting world. We're learning some things, right? Just got the training wheels fixed. We don't have our lane onto legs. our bikes. We don't have our lane legs yet. Yeah. So two, two uh, retractions that I want to make. Number one, um, just one. We list. No, we, well, we got, I've got two here. The first one being, we listed off like this five pack of grunge bands that were like the quintessential grunge albums to listen to. And, you know, we said that all of these bands were from Seattle. That was incorrect. Stone Temple Pilots, one of the bands we mentioned, is from San Diego, California, not Seattle. So, yeah, I there feel, you go. I feel the there shame. You go. Yeah. Yeah. You I should have caught that. Yeah. Second mistake. So, but Hey, don't judge us. You know, we make exactly. mistakes don't. sometimes. We're humans. Don't judge me. You know, I wasn't even, I, th- I think I, I was relatively sure that, that the other four were from Seattle and I just kind of assumed that Stone Temple Pilots must be from Seattle also, but uh, boy, was I wrong. Um, Second retraction, our outro track was Black Sabbath, Into the Void. And I mistakenly said that 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 song was widely considered to be the spawn of doom metal, which is a a sort of a newer genre. Uh, What I meant to say, of course, is that that song spawned doom metal. So. Yeah, that's just, that's just, you just misspoke, man. Exactly. But you know what? I, I want to set the record straight. So that track is considered to be sort of like, you know, the inspiration for for that more slow, melodic uh, doom metal that's kind of caught on recently. So anyway, that's that. Housekeeping aside, let's move on to uh, a more beloved segment, Q. Our weekly uh, What You Heard. Well, so what oh, you been what listening you to? So I've been getting back into this band that we listened to quite a bit. Well, a few years yeah, our ago. Introduction, yeah, I'm not supposed to know. Sorry. <laughs> what? No, you don't know this, dude. You don't know what I'm going to say. I saw it on your screen, man. Stop looking at my screen. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. So they go by Mr. Twin Sister now. They used to be called Twin Sister. It's a band out of New York. They've been around since like 2008 or so. Um, they're just, they're just another one of those dreamy garage pop bands. Cause God damn it. If I'm not on a binge of this style of music, I've been listening but to a lot of bands like this. There's something, they're, they're, they're something special though, dude. They're like, yeah. they're, they're a cut above. I, th- I think they're one of my favorite acts to come out in the last 10 years for sure. And that goes the for last, their, yeah. their show too. That was such oh, a great yeah. man. I mean, that show, so they weren't even the headliners for that show. Don't mention the band that we're headlining. <laughs> but they blew them out of the water, dude. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, they they, they are uh, they're, they're the real deal for sure. But yeah. this is this Q. This is scary. You know why? No, because I listened to two. Um, I I was listening to Twin Sister yesterday. It's almost like we're twin brothers. I mean, seriously though, like we, we didn't we didn't we didn't mention Twin Sister in the last in the last recording of this, did we? No, I haven't talked about Twin Sister with you Ooh, in a long time. So, it's almost like we're twin brothers. A, a couple of a couple of twin brothers were listening to Twin Sister yesterday. That sounds like the start of like a bad joke or something. Yeah, but it's true. I was I was listening to um to to their Mister Twin Sister self titled album. I actually haven't listened uh, to that. Is it good? You hold on a minute. You've no. you've never listened to it. Nope. Oh my God! You've got to listen to it, man. Your what you heard is kind of turning into me telling you to listen to something. Yeah, but I'm about to tell you what 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 Jeff heard. Which Dude, was I, I I listened I I revisited their EP from. Oh shit! I don't remember when this came out. 2010. 2010. 2010. Thanks, right bro. Yeah. Uh, it's called Color Your Life. And this was before they changed their name to Mr. Twin Sister. Yeah. Uh, it's a six track EP. Um, I'm going to play track two from Color Your Life. It's called Lady Daydream. And I I love this song so much. Yeah, it's good, man. It's solid. That's probably my favorite off the tr- off the record as well. Yeah, it's really great. Um, so here it is. such a great presence on stage yes like i said they're the real deal dude as far as their musicianship their songwriting that's your homework for this week you got to listen to mr twin sister the self-titled album it is different dude and like the first track sensitive to me has a bass line and just an overall like melody kind of vibe as like a sade and a like a Gino Vanelli and a Sade track put together. What? Yes, it is awesome, dude. Now my interest levels, they're getting peaked. <laughs> Question for you, bro. Do you know why they changed their name? Uh, yeah, I do. Are you asking me because you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, well, did you? So I read an article on this. I was going to save all of this for when, when, whenever we get around to doing an episode on them, because we will. Oh, we're going to do an episode on Twin Sister. Sure, man, and probably probably on 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 this Mr. Twin Sister album. All right then, because there's yeah, there's an interesting story on um, on what happened to them. Okay, so then, Travis, what you heard this week, brother? All right, well, I'm I'm gonna go. Yeah, well, hang on, dude. Can I just guess what you're gonna say? Yeah, are you gonna say clientele? Woo! Yes, you are. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, How did I know? Because you know, I'm I'm sticking with it. Um, because I I got the 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 record showed up yesterday, so I just listened to it all the way through. Um, how is it? And I just, it's great, man. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they're this. Uh, I guess they're 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 kind of classified as psychedelic, but it's not. It's not psychedelic in the sense of like a Tame Impala or, you know, the Temples or, yeah, or um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, right? It's not like that psychedelic. Um, I would put them in the 60s pop. Yes. Zombies. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, but but, yeah. Like Peter Bjorn and John. Yeah, maybe that's just because he sings with an English accent. Well, it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway, this new album, it's called music for the age of miracles. Uh, came out a couple months back. Um, again, like his, his guitar playing is really kind of unique. Um, it's got a lot of, a lot of tremolo, which you don't hear used very often, but he does it. It's almost like his signature and it's, you know, I don't know if, if there's much of that on this new album, but on their, their, their kind of their second, their, their big release that they had was strange geometry came out. Um, well, when did it come out? Came out in 2005, which is probably around the time that we saw them 2005, which is crazy. I never saw them. Thanks for okay, inserting well, uh, me into your memory, dude. Sorry, dude. I just figured yep. that you would have been there. That was, uh, I saw them open for Spoon. Um, and that was a great show. So yeah, the clientele, he's got, he also has a very unique voice. It's kind of breathy. Yeah, uh, that's a good way to the, describe it. Yeah, the songs are kind of dreamy. I wouldn't call them dream, dream pop or whatever, but there's just a certain quality about the way he writes songs and um and I was happy to hear that here's the way that I here's how I describe clientele okay if i'm walking through a museum maybe a modern art museum and i got okay. some earbuds clientele yeah. yeah all right i can hear that um and what's funny is most of their album art features fine art on it q get the fuck so, out of here dude i'm not messing with you get out of here no i ain't lying. are you serious no yeah, i'm serious <laughs> i'm not messing with you <laughs> uh awesome or yeah so anyway my song that we're gonna play it's called everything you see tonight is different from itself 
Yeah, I like that a lot. That was really cool. Yeah, so, you know, kind of um, Bell and Sebastian a little bit. They got kind of that vibe going on. Absolutely. Um, it's all right. So I think it's about time we talk about Tycho. I agree. So, yeah, uh, I guess just real quick, those songs will be mentioned on the uh, track list on the show notes page for this episode on our website, nofillerpodcast.com, and they will make their way onto the Spotify playlist that we compile for this podcast. Um, you can see that as well on on the website. So, all right, so let's let's talk about Tycho. Um, and I think before we talk about the album, we need to talk about the man behind Tycho, uh, Scott Hansen. The myth, the legend. The, yeah, really. So Scott Hansen is, is Tycho. Um, it started out as what he called, he, he called it a laptop project. Um, right. Just more like a hobby because he already had yeah, a career so, as a, yeah, so he as a graphic designer. So Scott Hansen is, and still is a very talented graphic designer. Uh, he had, you know, some, some pretty big clients that he was working on. Like he did some stuff for Adobe and um, he does all of the graphic art for his his concert posters, his album artwork, the visuals that you see if you see him live. It's all him. Like he does all of it. So, you know, I think that's pretty special. Has, yeah, it, it's it makes him pretty unique. Yeah, yeah, and sure. I think that adds a whole other level to his live performances because you're you're everything that you are witnessing is all Scott Hansen. Yeah, it's all his creation. So it's all very cohesive and like everything's done with like a purpose behind it as far as like his brand, you know, as it were. But yeah, because he was trained in in graphic design and like branding and stuff like, you know, he brings it all to, to the Tycho Project, which is really, he even talks about he approaches music like he approaches art and visuals, you know. So anyway, yeah. um, so the the origin story, as it were, for Tycho is that he had gotten in some sort of an accident and was stuck at home. Um, take, he took like a leave of absence to recover from his job. And so he was basically at home recovering. And during that time, he, you know, started to focus more on this little side project, the music project. And, you know, I gave him enough time to like seriously sit down and try to try to, you know, make some music. And it's then that he realizes that, oh, I can actually compose, you know, full length songs here. So he put together some songs, released an EP. It was called The Science of Patterns. And, uh, you know, that was really the moment when he was like, hey, I can actually make something out of this, you know. And so yes, and let's mention that this was this was 15 years ago at least when he started yeah. doing this stuff because Science of Patterns came out in 2002, and I haven't actually listened to any of the music from that. Have you? I it's is been it years. easily accessible? It's not on Spotify, but you can find it. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, I was looking know. at I was looking at the track list um, like a couple of days ago, and yeah, I, I remember listening to all that stuff. 
Um, I recognize I the album I, cover too. Yeah, and of course you're you're looking at a, um, a Scott Hansen piece of graphic art there when you look at that cover. But yeah, like human it. condition, dream is memory. I've never, yeah, I don't know any of this. Uh, yeah, I I I remember listening to it, but it's uh, I couldn't tell you how they sound. It's been years. But so this it's was similar 15 to, years ago. This was definitely just Scott Hansen with a laptop. Oh yeah, and like a digital audio software program. Yeah, pro- probably just a laptop and maybe like a MIDI keyboard or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know the laptop project um, era of Tyco. Uh, I think lasted through um, the release of Past as Prologue, which was his first major release, came out in 2006. Uh, that's when I was probably introduced to them, to him and his music. And um, and then in between Past as Prologue and Dive, uh, there's about a five-year gap there. And um, he spent that whole time working uh, on, on bits and pieces of Dive, uh, he even said so that this was, you know, this album took six years to make. And after, I think Dive was the first, the first album where he, it was his full-time gig, you know what I mean? As far as like, yeah, he went into it with the full intention of like, I'm going to turn this into my full-time job. The graphic design will just be a side thing now, so. And that's a huge leap to take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you always hear the whole starving artist thing. I mean, right. absolutely. That's you, You're really taking a risk if you're going to devote your life to making music or making art of some kind. Um, right. That's a huge risk. Yeah, definitely. So uh, anyway, let's talk about his sound. Uh, you've got an interview where he kind of describes his approach to his digital effects right so yeah he's got a really unique sound um there's there's almost no mistaking a taiko song um it's this warmth and texture that he he creates um to him the way he describes it and i'm pulling this from a an interview that he did uh on sound toys which is a website that uh, it's like a website for gear nerds, for music gear nerds. And uh, he said that a lot of the way he approaches music, he likes to he likes to make music similar to the kind of music that he grew up listening to. And I think this would be a good time to mention the uh, genre or subcategory of like electronic pop music that he kind of falls into. It's it's a term I hadn't heard before and I thought it was pretty interesting the definition of it. It's a it's a term called hypnagogic pop. Hypnagogic uh, pop. Hypnagogic pop, also known as chill wave or glow-fi, another term I hadn't heard okay. before. So those are both they both fall under the umbrella. Yep. And this is a 21st century style of pop music, or general musical approach, which explores elements of cultural memory and nostalgia by drawing on the music, popular entertainment, and recording technology 
of past decades, particularly the 1980s. That's yeah, so Tycho. We, I, I always think it's interesting what, like what makes something, what makes music nostalgic? What makes brand new music like feel nostalgic? You know what I mean? Because right. obviously if you, for me, if I'm, if I play a video game that I played as a kid, that's nostalgia, right? Yeah. But if and I then if you go back Tycho and listen song, to the soundtrack from that video yeah, game. Absolutely, dude. No, and, and that's another thing. Nothing, to, to me at least, nothing brings me back to a time period uh, or to a specific moment in my life like music does. I yeah. can't hear I can't hear one, two, three by Gloria Estefan without thinking of being in our den from the, our childhood home watching that concert that on the VHS that dad recorded of, of the Gloria right, that recorded concert. from TV concert. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but and same with like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. Enema I, of the state by Blink-182. Yeah. I was listening to that earlier this week too, dude. Get out of here. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm getting excited and preparing for the eventual episode that we do on Blink-182. Um, but anyway, nothing brings me back to a moment in time like, like music does. So when I listen to Tycho, a brand new Tycho song that I've never heard before, I feel the same feeling, you know what I mean? But it's not like I heard that song when I was five, you know? It's interesting but how he can do that because... That's the, hypno, that's the hypnagogic yeah. term that you're talking about where it's like it's bits and pieces from... Did you did you say the the cultural memory? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, cultural is, memory and nostalgia. It's interesting because you know, although we 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 may have all had different experiences that that we associate with that sound, whatever that particular sound is, like it makes us nostalgic because it's not it's it's an it's a it's a retro sound, but it's, um, it's brand new, you know? So, so yeah, so he falls under the hypnagogic, uh, nostalgia, um, I guess subcategory of electronic music. Chill wave is a good word to use, but he also uses a lot of kind of down tempo. Like his beats, I would say are more down tempo than anything. Like he does a really good job with, with the drum beats that he uses in his songs, which, I think are a huge part of what what makes his music stand out, you know. Yeah, because he does a great job with 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 the with the beats, the drumming. So yeah. So hey, before we talk more about Scott Hansen and his sound and all that, let's go ahead and play a track, shall we? So that, yeah, that sounds good. So that everyone can hear kind of what we're talking about here. All so, right. So the first track that we're gonna play is called ours and it's track number two um and we've got two clips uh, i think the first one is just kind of the, the beginning of the song so how yeah. do you play that cue yeah yeah so okay so here's here's clip number one this is track number two it's called ours h-o-u-r-s
So I feel like if there was a Tyco 101 course that you could take at like a community college, that's the song they would play. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, it's it's like the it's yeah, the that signature... sums up his sound. Yes, the vibes that he's going for. That sums it up right there. Yeah, and and um, yeah, that's that's that sound that main riff, I guess. That's that's being played. That that is the Tycho sound that he's you know cultivated. Because I don't think we mentioned it yet, but there's that you know he mentioned in an interview that that um, he treats his effects like instruments. Uh, in other words, like yeah. once he tweaks, do we want to play the clip or do we? Yeah, dude, let's play that clip, it? man. All right, yeah, let's let's let let's let Mr. Scott Hansen tell us about uh, how he approaches effects. Yeah, so here's a. Here's a clip from an interview from that that same website, that same publication called Sound Toys. Uh, And this is regarding the fact that he literally has a limitless amount of effects and ways to approach making music with these digital audio programs. And the way that he approaches that, um, yeah, so here it is. I think, yeah, it was a problem at one point. I think I was in this mode of just like, I have to try everything. And, and slowly I found a set of, uh, of tools that, that I was really comfortable with. And, and I realized, you know, if there's any, even if there's some subtle difference or or even if something I know is superior, um, in some small way, I, I'll, I'll just stick with what I, what I have, because I I feel like there is something to being limited. And and I, I think when I started out, there weren't any of these options. I didn't even, you know, I started out just using hardware and, uh, and I think there was something about that, that, that I missed. And, and so these days I try to like, just say, you know, pretend like this is real gear, all the, my favorite software, pretend like that's a piece of hardware that I own and that's what I have. And that's what I'm going to, going to use. And I try to try to keep it pretty tight. But that being said, I, I'm always, it's, you know, always looking for new stuff. If, if somebody's coming out with, with something interesting that, that does something better or, or improves the workflow. Yeah. I love that. It really is true um for me as a drummer too sometimes i'll purposely remove a piece from my kit to force myself to be more creative and this is i think that's what he's kind of part of what he's saying here he'll purposely limit himself and treat these effects like they're physical instruments that he owns uh so that yeah so that there's not limitless possibilities and it, it does force you to be more creative yeah well kind of in the same along the same vein um q have you seen the documentary it might get loud um i don't think so what, what? so so it's it's jack white of white stripes oh jimmy page does the first the first Zeppelin. scene is that like he he's sitting down with fucking edge from youtube yeah well yeah, yeah. that's the it's edge from youtube youtube <laughs> Ed's from U2, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page from Zeppelin, and Jack White from White Stripes. Uh, they basically get in a room and talk about their approach to guitar playing, their history, and then they do these jam sessions. He talks about... So Jack White is famous for playing that plastic red guitar that he got out of a Macy's... The J.C. Penney guitar, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. J.C. Penney or Macy's catalog. Or Sears Anyway, or he talks about how, like, he, you know he doesn't want to just buy a new guitar because with this instrument, 
it, it's like a struggle, you know, and he likes the struggle of having to fight it. And that's what he said. You know, you got to fight it to make it sound the way you want it to sound. You know what I mean? And it contributes to the, to his sound, you know, especially white stripes, the gritty, you know, blues rock that he does so well. Yeah. He does it better than anyone alive right now. If he were to switch guitars, I I don't think elephant or some of those other albums would have sounded the same. Absolutely. They wouldn't have. So anyway, to tie it back to Tycho, I think that's cool that he, that he does that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, if he, like he said, you know, even if this new piece of software or whatever uh, is superior, it, it might be superior, but it, it would probably sound different. It probably wouldn't be the Tycho, the signature Tycho sound. You know what I mean? Right. Like the imperfections that might come from whatever piece of software he's currently using. It, that's what makes. The yeah. Tyco he had sound. said, it, so he had like, said in another interview that the effects that he applies on his bass lines it's the exact same effect he's used for years and he doesn't mess with it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, that's why his music has sounded so consistent for years. So we should play the second clip because we do have a second clip from that song. And, um, there's something really cool that happens in this clip. It's kind of a, it almost is like a tempo change, maybe a little bit, the, the drums, there's a few more layers that get added to the, to the drum track that it's really cool. It's kind of a cascading type thing going on. So anyway, let's play that. This is the second, another clip from Hours, track number two, on Dive. So he just does a great job with with the drums, man. I, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. That whole clip—that's just ear candy, man. You know? Did you say it's irritating? No, no. Ear candy. Ear candy. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's it's just, definitely. It's just delightful. Yeah, it's just great. It's great. Um, and again, like you mentioned earlier, like if we were to play a, um, if you were to to take a Taiko one hundred and one, like this, this would be like lesson number one yeah day one of the class like day one play, here's the type of sound one. yeah get familiar with it yeah so anyway um so let's also mention now that for this album this is the first time you started working with some outside musicians yes specifically a guitar player by the name of zach brown yeah um he started working with him during the recording process and then after that, for for that tour, for the tour for Dive, he toured with Zach Brown, and then he brought in drummer Rory O'Connor uh, to play live drums for him for this tour. And I feel like there might be some conflicting 
um, facts, or maybe we just haven't read it correctly. But I'm not 100% sure if he actually sat down in the studio with Scott and Zach to make this album or not. But he toured with them for this album. And since then, now they're they're basically a trio. It's a three-piece band. It's Scott Hansen, Zach Brown, and Rory O'Connor. That's essentially Tycho now. Um, yeah, so, so 2011, Dive comes out. 2014, I believe they recorded as the trio. Uh, that was that was Awake that came out in 2014, and then he had a a release in 2016 called Epoch, uh, and I think they approached that album. That was the first album where it was less about the effects and more about the instrumentation. Even more so than Awake. Yeah, because so, yeah, because anyway. because Scott mentions in an a little interview segment during a KEXP, which is, it's a public radio station up here in Seattle. It's an awesome public radio station. Uh, really good music. I think everybody knows about KEXP, man. I knew Probably. about that before, Probably. before you moved up to Washington. Yeah, but there's a great Tycho performance that they did in 2014 on KEXP. And they interviewed them in between songs. And he said that for the album Awake, after you know touring with these guys and working with Zach, they wanted to kind of capture the sound that they were made on on the road. They wanted to capture that on record. So Awake was the first record that they did as a band. Um, yeah, and since then, yeah, I think it's- since then he doesn't even really consider Tycho just you know just him anymore. Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's also like a process of like discovery for Scott because for a dive, that's the first time he started to incorporate a guitar, like an actual guitar, in his yeah. music. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's going from his laptop project to like trying to like tying in all these live instruments and and and, and putting it into like the Tycho sound. You know what I mean? And it works it's cool so because, well, man. It works so yeah, well. Like, like it really is. Um, an evolution of like of of the Tycho sound, um, and but but the, at the same time, it it all sounds so cohesive, you know. But yeah, yeah so it's cool. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the final pick. We're only going with two tracks today, but um, this song, uh, it's called "Adrift." It's track number eight. You may have recognized the song separate from Dive if you're a Tycho fan. Uh, that is because it was released as a single. Um, it's interesting. So so this is no filler. We try not to talk about singles, uh, album singles. We try to talk about the uh, the more obscure tracks in between the singles. So this is kind of weird because it came out it was released in 2008 as a single to the past's prologue era of Tycho and it was the A side to a single that had From Home on it uh, as the B side and From Home is track one of past's prologue 
but a drift is not on past its prologue. So usually with singles, you know, the B side is the track that that perhaps didn't show up on the record, while the A side is is either a single or or some other track off the record. So it's kind of weird that how that worked out, but yeah, it's weird that he didn't that a drift didn't show up on past his prologue. So he must have he must have written it after after past his prologue came out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that must have been it. Yeah, so this single must have come out after past his prologue. Right, but but like it it's credited as a past his prologue single on Wikipedia. Right, right, right. So, and I had asked you this earlier. Um cuz I was curious to know if he just completely re-recorded, like revisited Adrift in 2011 when he made Dive and re-recorded it, you know, like with the help of Zach and maybe Rory to kind of change it up a little bit. But what, from what you're telling me, because you've actually listened to this 2008 single. Yeah. I, it's the same. It's the same, yeah. Uh, I remember hearing Adrift um, on the single bef- way before Dive came out. Yeah. And then I was, it, you know, it was cool to see that he threw it on there. And yeah, it's the same song. It's not, it, it wasn't. And, you know, um, he mentions in an interview that he, d- that he did with um, this website called Ear Milk. There's actually quite a bit of, of info that we've kind of skipped over this time around, Q. That's all right. But he's saying that um, at Ear Milk, they asked him, how long did this album take you to make? Uh, he says that... Um, the dive took six years to make. Uh, basically, as he describes it, he was just kind of screwing around making dive uh, at first since he had another job. So he wasn't committed. Um, he spent a year at the end really dedicated to putting it all together. And he goes on to say that Adrift is the oldest track on the record as far as like when he wrote it, when he recorded it. And G is the last song that he wrote. So anyway, which is also the last also, song on the on the record. Yeah, the last song. So it's kind of interesting when you listen to Dive, you're listening to like 6 years of of Tycho music on yeah, on an album. And Adrift came out and he wrote and and recorded Adrift uh in the era of Passes Prologue as far as like this was still just a laptop project for him. So I think it I I mean I think the song fits so well with the rest of dive yeah um and let's play it let's is, play it. so we got a couple clips yeah let's go ahead and play it so they can hear what the fuck we're talking about dude so let's play it but i'm just going to preface it by saying that this is my all-time favorite taiko track um and that's significant dude yeah it is so that's let's just, let's just play it and then, and then I'll, I'll gush over it
So I think this song showcases the way he approaches drum beats and the way he puts them together in his songs. Because I love how in that intro you hear this drum beat and it sounds like it's being played in another room or or like being played underwater or something. You know, it's it's like it's it sounds far off. Yes. And then when the song comes in in full force or whatever, like a minute in or however long, there's a whole different drum beat placed on top of that one. And that one continues to play in the background. And those two drum beats together make a whole other beat. And it just works so well. And I just love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, And that's interesting that you talked about the, how it sounds like it's in, a, in another room. Cause like, I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of his, his, his sound, it sounds like it's filtered through something. Right. Right. And, uh, there's an interview that, or a lecture that he gave at the Academy of art, um, where he's got this Q and a session. Uh, and somebody asked him like, Hey, can you describe now? This is about, he's, he's talking about his graphic design. Like this is, he's not talking about Tycho. Right. So this was a lecture. Uh, this was a graphic design lecture. Yeah, exactly. So somebody asked him about uh, how he approaches color. And uh, he talks about how whenever you're seeing, if you're seeing like red or something like that on one of his pieces, you're not, you're not seeing red as it were. You're seeing red coming through uh, like a color burn. Uh, on multiply mode in Photoshop. Yeah. Uh, well, and we'll post a picture of this on, and uh, in, in the show notes for this episode, just take a look at his album art for the science of patterns. Yeah. That's red, but it's not like, it's not red. There's something different about it. Well, he uses a ton of layers, uh, adjustment layers and overlays and all that kind of stuff to, to, to get, but, but no, it's along the same vein as like filtered, like, Everything is, is like, it looks like not, I don't want to say weathered, but like, no, yeah, that gently, I like that. gently worn, maybe gently used. Yeah. Uh, but Dude, you're describing, you're describing the Tycho sound, man. Yeah. That's, and this is, it goes back to what I'm saying. Like everything he does, he approaches it. Like he's got a, he's got a, a like these, this look that he's, that this vibe that he's putting out. It's just it, it's him as an artist. That's why you see it in his in his graphic art, and you hear it in his music. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, I that think that's weathered, that's cool. nostalgic vibe. Yes, exactly. So anyway, so as I was saying earlier, this is one of my favorite Tycho songs of all time. Uh, I think the 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 drum beat. I I, I love that drum beat, dude. It's 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 down tempo. Uh, and like, as you were saying, it's got that interesting like. It, it dude, it's a it's two different drum, drum beats, beat. basically. Yeah, it's la- yeah, it's a layered. You would beat. have to have but, two drummers to pull this right. off to pull this drum beat off. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so clip number two, and this is so clip. this is your favorite Tycho song. Yeah. So clip let me, number let me, two uh, takes those takes that drum beat away 
Yeah, let me let me tee this up here. Go Q. for it. Because this is not only is this my favorite Tycho song, but what you're going to hear in this next Tycho clip, <laughs> this next clip from from Adrift is my favorite moment in any Tycho song. Um, so, like you said, the drums are taken away. Basically, this is the bridge, and if you're a fan of down tempo or IDM, intelligent dance music. It's you know electric electronic music in general. It's all about layers, right? And if and to me the difference between a good down tempo song and just a generic one that I'm gonna forget after I hear it is how how does the artist uh, how do they layer and how do they how do they add and take away and bring back those layers? You know what I mean? Yeah, because so, with yeah with electronic music's particularly down tempo. Uh, and IDM, like you said, uh, it can become very formulaic to where you can almost predict what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, like they're going to build up the I song, they're going to add that. these layers, and then they're going to they're going to pull away, they're going to take away the drum beat, and yeah. um, if you listen to enough of it, you can know you know when to expect it. Like, okay, they took it away. And I guarantee you they're going to bring it back. Uh, and it's probably going to be right here. Oh, there it is. Yep. The difference between that kind of generic formulaic and a really exceptional down-tempo artist and track is how they do it, how they bring it back, you know, and how they build the anticipation to bring it back. So anyway, this song, I think he, he, he brings the drums back. Um, in a way that really pays off in my opinion, because there's a bunch of layers that he's adding back on when the drums get introduced back. Uh, and it really kind of, it, it's definitely the uh, climax of the song for sure. Um, but anyway, let's just play it. Um, cause I'm, I'm not going to describe it as well as, as the actual song, but, uh, this is, this is one of my favorite Taiko moments in, uh, to date. So, Without further ado.
Q, you can't see me from here, but I got I got goosebumps, friend. No, I can see him, dude. You can see him? Yeah, I can see him. That that moment impacts me in the same way every time I hear it. When those drums come back, uh, he's got sort of this swell of of uh, this other layer that he adds on this these the synth uh, pad thing that he's doing. Yeah, but, and he adds like that. Said, he adds that acoustic, that super simple acoustic line. Yeah, during, when those drums the bridge, pull when out, the drums are taking. Yeah, that's right. He adds. Yeah. See, again, you know, it's all about what are you taking away and what are you putting on, as far as layers are concerned. And then when you bring back the layer that you took away, how are you bringing it back? And are you doing anything different when you bring it back? And like, this song is a great example of like how uh, impactful it can be when it's done right. So that's it. I mean, that I think those are two really good examples of kind of, because ours is a little bit more uh, upbeat. Um, <laughs> that's your favorite. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I was using upbeat to describe an Alice in Chains song <laughs> last week. So whatever, you know what I'm saying? No, like yeah, song. absolutely. Ours is. Wait, yeah. Yeah. It's it, more, it's more playful. Yeah. There you go. More playful. Adrift right, there is we more, go. is, is more of a, uh, is more it, subdued. Yeah. There you go, brother. There we go. I'm using, I'm using new words to You're describe things here. Playful. Um, and subdued. So, yeah, but you know what? You do not listen to this episode and then just not ever listen to Tycho again. Uh, you really have to listen to his albums in their entirety to really get a feel for what Scott Hansen can do. Um, QR listeners are free to do whatever the hell they want, my friend. No, do as I say. But I agree. You, you should have, very at the very least... Uh, listen to Pass's prologue and and dive. Um, I think those are Pass's prologue is uh, a really exceptional debut album. Um, I was just listening to it the other day. It is it's different than Dive. I think Dive. It, you know, it's when he started to take it more seriously. Um, Passage Prologue, there's moments of, of the album that sound kind of, you can tell this is a, a guy who's experimenting with this kind of stuff for the first time. And it is, it's his, that's the, uh, it's the laptop project days of Tycho. Yeah. But and if there's you, some great stuff on there, if you're a gear nerd, according to that interview that I read from sound toys, you'll pick up on just how shittily recorded it was too, apparently. I wouldn't. Well, know. that's funny because I sure as hell can't tell. Yeah, I you know I probably have I probably have a repressing. I think I have a repressing of it, so it's probably like remastered. Re- yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, exactly. So it's a it, past this prologue is Scott Hansen fucking around on his laptop when he was bedridden. Yeah, in a in a really in a really uh, impressive way. You know, I mean, I wish I could fuck around my laptop like that, but um. It really is but a great but, album all the way through. I love. There's so many yeah. songs on there that that I really adore. Yeah, and the song that 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 was paired up with "Adrift" as the um, the single from Home is actually a a really good. Uh, it's paired up 
really well with the drift. That's probably why he 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 released them together. They're really they sound really cohesive together. Those two tracks are really really good. I think my favorite song from Past This Prologue is a circular reeducation. Does that have sort of the vocal sample? Yes. Yes. Is that the? Let me just play it in my earbirds. It's track seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That sample almost sounds to me like that Tosca song. Um, what's that Tosca song on? Uh, on uh, just save that for Suzuki. when we do a Tosca episode, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're gonna do Suzuki at some point, which is a Tosca's a really exceptional down tempo band. Tosca's our group. introduction to down tempo, man, and we absolutely and we discovered down tempo together and we'll get into that on that episode yeah that'll be good because yeah man. that was a uh that was a uh, interesting moment in your life for sure absolutely those were good times yeah brother. that'll be dude that'll be a good you saved my life man that's a good anecdote uh okay oh yeah you know what it's if a little wanna, anticlimactic I'll, I'll, but that's all right i'll take credit for that i'll take credit for that um yeah so that'll be that'll be a great episode man yeah um all right, so so yeah, th- so that's it for this week. That is our take on Tycho's 2011 album Dive. Yes, uh, go ahead and listen to it um, because we barely scratched the surface. We only played you two songs there. I mean, so you you heard a snippet of the title track Dive. Uh, that was the song that the the intro song that played us in. Um, but yeah, you. You really got to hear it to, to, to get the full experience and you shouldn't stop there. You should go back and listen to some of his earlier work and then listen to some of his new stuff. And you can really see like how much he has uh, grown as a musician, but how impressive it is that, that um, he has really like, like he, he, fi- he figured out what the Tycho sound was back in, in 2008 or earlier and has just slowly just perfected it. And just built since then. built on. I mean, how top many how many bands can say that? You know what I mean? That well, they, let's go yeah. ahead and just preview what we're doing next because this is a band that oh, I feel yeah. like kind of lost their way, probably because of record label influence and all that jazz. Um, yeah. So next week we're gonna do an episode on Kings of Leon's debut album. Youth and Young Manhood, which came out in the early 2000s. I cannot wait. 2003. So we were, dude. And we, and we yeah, we were we'll, we'll tell the whole school, story. Dude. Yeah, I can't believe that, man. Because <laughs> this was not a band. This was not a band that we stumbled upon later. Like we were there at the origin. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, we'll get into all that. Yeah, I'm really uh-huh. excited about that one. Um. Yeah. I feel like. At this point, everyone knows who Kings of Leon is. Uh, if you don't be- know who they are, you've heard you've heard one of their mega singles because there there was. It's there almost was a, a guarantee a time, that you've heard a Kings of Leon song by now. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. There there was a time like 2010, 2008, where where they had a couple of uh, tracks that were blasted on the radio. On they were everywhere. every 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 uh, hit radio station was playing. Uh, one of their singles and for good reason, uh, man, those songs were 
Sure. They're dude, great they, songs. they know how to write catchy songs, man. That's what makes them great. But we fell in love with the different Kings of Leon. Yeah. That's all uh, we're going to say. With, say no more, yeah, brother. Exactly. Okay. Say no more. So, uh, right. and I think so, we've already got an idea of what our bonus episode is going to be for Tycho. I won't say which song, but we're going to, we're going to kind of dive into one of his remixes that he did. Maybe we'll pick another song to do with that, but yeah, that should be good. But yeah, our, uh, yeah, Quentin is talking about our, uh, our midweek little mini short episodes that we released that we're calling, we're going to start to call them sidetracks. Uh, basically we just dive into one track, any track, as long as we can somehow tie it to the band or the album or the decade or the genre that we covered on the previous episode. So just a little something to get you through that, that midweek hump when you're like just itching for another no filler podcast. That's right. Q. All right. So yeah, uh, that's a wrap friends. So at the end of every episode, we close out with a song from an artist that was an inspiration to the band that we're talking about. It doesn't have to be the entire band. It could just be one of the members who mentioned them as an influence or, or what have you. So for Tycho, he mentioned in an interview, uh, he was asked, he, he, he was asked, what is your most favorite remix that you've made for somebody else? And this was in the interview that ear milk did. And he said that he, uh, when he remixed little man, uh, for little dragon, uh, he said that they're one of his favorite bands. And he went on to say, when asked, uh, is there an artist in any media that you would like to work with? Uh, he mentions Yukimi Najano, which is the lead singer of, of Little Dragon. He says he loves her voice. Uh, he's worked with her a couple times, so he wants to work with her again. Either way, it's obvious that he loves these guys. Um, they probably influenced him in some way or another. So we're going to play a track off of their... Here's when you're going to cut this up to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about. It had to be... At least 2009 when this album came out. And let me tell you why I know this, dude. And this is trippy as fuck. Um, You know how Facebook gives you... Here's what happened however many years ago today. Here's a memory that you should share. Here's a memory, yeah. Uh, Today, November 21st, eight years ago, I posted a Facebook status that said... Machine dreams. That's all I said. Wait a minute. Because I like to be obscure and shit back then. Um, so, yeah. November 21st, 2009. My status for that day on Facebook was the name of Little Dragon's album, Machine Dreams. And when did that come out, Travis? Yeah, 2009, dude. That's... Okay, that's crazy. You're telling me right now, dude, that eight years ago, to the day, you posted on your wall... About Machine Dreams? That is correct. What November 21st, 2009 at 11.16 a.m. Holy My Facebook shit. status said Machine Dreams. Oh, my. There is a God. <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? No, that's crazy because here we are, dude. Eight years later. I know. We're about to play a clip from Machine Dreams. It came out in 2009. It was their second full, full-length album. 
by a band called Little Dragon. Uh, Scott Hansen loves them. He he wants to work with them again. Yeah, I might be going to church on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a quinky dink. You know what I mean? If I've ever heard of I one, I do know what you mean. So I would go out and buy a fucking lottery ticket if I were you, dude. Do they do that up in up in Washington? Yeah, they do. And guess what? You guys are probably going to hear my fucking cat Hitch meowing at the door, saying, "Where's my food?" And I'm going to say, "Brother, I already fed you earlier today." All right, hear him. That's fine, dude. Because we heard my cat in the last episode, so they're just making their weekly appearance. Well, he's not getting food. That's all I'm saying. You know what? You got to lay down the law sometimes. So the song that we decided to play uh, to play our outro, uh, it's a song called "Feather," off of little uh, off of Little Dragon's 2009 release, Machine Dreams. It's my favorite song on the album. Yeah, it's a cool track, man. It's cool. I love the drum beat. I love the vibes. It's super mellow yeah. and yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All right, so that's that'll do it. Um, look, look, uh, look in your your podcast feeds uh, midweek. Uh, we should have a a sidetrack episode dropping for you, and uh, that's it. Stay tuned. Next week we'll do uh, Kings of Convenience. Oh shit, Kings of. <laughs> <laughs> Kings of Leon's. That's all right, dude. I knew that was going to happen at least once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have to. We'll have to make sure we don't say that over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, next week we're going to cover Kings of Leon's debut album, Youth and Young Manhood. Uh, that's going to be a doozy. I can't episode, wait for that. So. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Here we go. We're uh, we're going to play you out with uh, Feather by Little Dragon. My name is Travis, and I'm Quentin. See you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.